So you always need to step outside of what you're used to doing and like how you think about yourself. And it might be useful sometimes just to ask your friends, someone else who might see the content from like a fresh pair of eyes, just to ask what do they understand? What do they get out of it? What do they want to see more? And have that kind of like mini market research feedback approach to understand and try in different ways to see what works best for you. Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, welcome. Today we are going to discuss more about digital marketing and to touch very important topic about LinkedIn. How LinkedIn can make impact in your uh, digital marketing strategy. How you can get a lot of results, especially for B2B. But I don't want to limit someone who pays attention to B2C because on LinkedIn you can get all clients. It's the same like on TikTok. I remember a few years ago, most marketers uh, said we need to ignore TikTok for uh, B2B. Today, all companies are there. (laughs) It doesn't matter. So I think on LinkedIn, it's the same. You don't need to limit your possibilities. If you can get organic reach, you can find clients. I'm so excited to discuss a lot more with Teresa Litsa. How are you? Hello, Natalie. I'm good. How are you? Ah, doing great. I'm grateful that you decided to share more valuable insights on my podcast. You did it before. And yeah, I got a lot of value. Want to get more. For me, it's important to learn to keep going, especially about LinkedIn. I spent so much time on LinkedIn. And uh, I remember when I decided to stop my growth on other social media, YouTube, mm. Facebook, Twitter, because I decided to pay all attention to LinkedIn, uh, to get more results on this social media. And I think it's a good idea when you have no big audience on all social media, you can yeah. grow in one social media, then extend with extra resources. So yeah, uh, this strategy worked well for me. Uh, and today I want to learn more uh, about LinkedIn. Teresa, before we start, just remind more about yourself, experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners mm-hmm. learn more about you. Well, I've been working in marketing for 11, 12 years. I started with with uh, content writing and social media back in the day, you know, 12 years ago, Facebook was the primary source of uh, focus on marketing. Obviously, things have changed so much uh, since then. And my experience is a mix between B2B and tech for good nonprofits. So pretty much a good combination of like different audiences, but also useful because you get to understand the channels in a different way. And the last six months, I'm uh, going uh, pretty much freelance. So I'm working as a freelance marketer, helping uh, companies and purpose-driven organizations in terms of marketing activities, social media, content, and LinkedIn is something that we discuss quite a lot, obviously, the last six months. Yeah, nice, nice. Once, uh, once one of my friends asked me about my uh, audience, and he asked where I get the most audience, I replied on LinkedIn. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, he, he was curious. What? On LinkedIn? It, it's website for searching jobs. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a multifunctional social media like Facebook. You can do anything on LinkedIn. You can create video content, live streams that we have now. Uh, you can uh, get loyal audience. Uh, it's expensive for paid marketing, but yeah, for yeah, organic yeah. reach, it costs nothing. Teresa, can you tell for someone who is not familiar, like my friend, mm. about LinkedIn, where to start, what to do first if you have no experience, but you want to grow your audience? 
I think it's a really good point because if you spend more time, you feel like it's for granted that, yeah, everyone knows that LinkedIn is having a comeback or like growing more than before. But those who haven't really had that exposure, you know, in our bubble, they feel like, what do you mean? That it doesn't make sense. LinkedIn is just to apply for a job or if you're like working in HR. And obviously that changed a lot, especially the last year. Uh, it probably also had to do with Twitter X uh, being on the downfall pretty much and like advertisers trying to explore new ways to use different channels. And LinkedIn has been consistent for years. Obviously, it started as a reputation as a very professional network. So you want to network, you want to find job opportunities, you might want to connect with your company if you're part of a bigger company and you want to feel part of a team. Uh, you want to highlight your culture, but obviously you can go way beyond that. So what's really good about LinkedIn, especially the last year or two, is that it's very consistent on organic traffic, which is very rare on social channels nowadays. It's not like uh, Twitter or Instagram or TikTok where things don't necessarily last on the feed for a lot of time and you want to fight for that attention. If you create good content and you can also create long form content, it can last on the feed even for a week, which is obviously really good for attention. So it's an opportunity to combine many different things. Obviously, you can always have the opportunity to connect for new job opportunities and clients and networking, but it's also a way to share your expertise, to create your brand and share more about what you do and actually connect with others. It's not just about talking about your show 24-7. It's about yeah. building that community, but in a way that's more professional focused, which you can find on any other channel. Awesome, awesome. Uh, you mentioned about creating great content, uh, high quality content. Um, and what I found from my experience, it's not the same for mm. SEO. It's not the same for Facebook or LinkedIn. It's different. So can you tell what means quality on LinkedIn? Because uh, you can create high quality content, but uh, to get, uh, I don't know, almost nothing, you know, I mean, like with organic reach, uh, yeah. low engagement. So, and but sometimes I can see people get a thousand likes, a lot of comments, shares. With uh, for me, it's tough to say it's quality yeah, content yeah, because yeah. It's, I'm, I'm biased with that. So, tell your thoughts what quality means on LinkedIn. So, it really depends on the case. Uh, obviously, we can just go into the focus uh, of like saying this and this kind of post works well. For example, carousel posts and multiple images, it can, they can be very engaging or long form content tends to work really well. But also, it's not just about saying just because I write long form content and I add 2000 words, it's going to go great. I think what's really important is just to be able to find the voice and the authenticity to connect with your audience. So, you want to communicate your expertise. But you also want to think as those who follow you, because if you're talking about something that you're interested in, actually, it doesn't make sense for anyone that you're following. Obviously, it won't get the engagement. So you want to think of that two way path. How can you make sure that you create content that's authentic? People are tired nowadays of just seeing the same old content or you can just use ChatGPT and create so many posts. So you want to make sure that you stand out and you create content that communicates who you are. But at the same time, you also want to think the platform that you're using and the channel in this case is LinkedIn. So what works? It's not necessarily about uh, a specific way. So it's not one tactic. But if you think of the algorithm, at least right now, for example, creating more engaging content could be sharing something that feels authentic, maybe a photo of you, something that you've done recently, attended an event or share a story that has to do with you. So what's something that really communicates who you are? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, okay. Um, let's divide content with uh, 
evergreen content and mm. trending topics, breaking news. Uh, can you tell how it's important to stick with one piece of content? Because I see different stories for different influencers. Someone can share their just valuable insights. Uh, someone can bring news and get great results. Mm. Uh, and if someone doesn't know where to pay more attention, can you tell how to find this direction? What kind of content evergreen or uh, breaking news or trending? Any ideas about that? I think it's probably best to aim for a balance. Uh, you don't want to just be known as sharing content or the opposite. It's good when you want to think again of thought leadership and building your brand. You want to be known for your industry, for your niche area, as the one who has the right topics to share and someone is interested in that. So if you're talking about SEO, for example, you want to share your opinion because you can communicate your expertise by sharing your actual thoughts. But at the same time, if something big is happening, being the one who shares the news, it's also helping build that trust and the credibility. So you want to find that balance and make sure that everything that you share at the end of the day is still linked to what you do, who you are, and it has some relevance to it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, I spoke with Jasmine J. Elect. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he has uh, plus 150,000 uh, followers on LinkedIn. And what I like uh, on his strategy that he uh, has high engagement on all his posts, plus uh, thousand, three thousand likes, uh, comments, a lot. Uh, and when he spoke on my podcast, he told me that uh, he never films any videos. Mm, uh, interesting. Yeah. He, he ignores this format. If you check the best practices, almost all of them recommend. You always hear about videos. videos, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. What I like on him, he pays attention to his strong side. He can write. Mm -hmm. For example, yeah, yeah. Seth, Seth Godin doesn't film videos on TikTok, on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. uh, um, Stephen King, he can write great books people want to yeah. read. So yeah, tell yeah. about how it's important to stick with your strong side uh, and yeah, go ahead with that. <laughs> I think that's what's really interesting about LinkedIn. You could hear about many things about the algorithm, what works, what doesn't. But at the end of the day, you just really need to try it for yourself and think of your own strengths. Uh, just because you could hear someone saying videos are the best for engagement. If you're not comfortable with that, it won't work. It won't be engaging because you don't feel authentic. And obviously, if your strong point is writing, that's what you want to communicate. So it's not, again, like being obsessed with like algorithms and best practices and channels, but making sure that you always start with what you feel more comfortable. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the last time I uh, spent uh, less time, even almost nothing uh, with uh, learning algorithms, because all algorithms uh, are created to satisfy human being. Yeah, of course, uh, of course. Yeah, uh, many years ago, I, I tried to cheat them, to play by rules, to uh, find different ways. Today, mm -hmm. I don't. Even for yeah, SEO. Yeah, makes, makes sense. Yeah, because, because we don't know. LinkedIn can change these algorithms. It's yeah. better to find your strong side, to stick with that. If you can help better than others, then algorithms will work for you. So uh, it's my point. Okay, yeah. uh, Teresa, I want to ask about LinkedIn profiles. Mm. From the basic, uh, I often get requests to check other LinkedIn profiles and I see selfish owners who don't care about <laughs> customers, who don't care about others. Um, and uh, can you tell how it's important to highlight how you can help and support others? Uh, because I think if people get such uh, <laughs> thoughts, value, they will follow you or order your services, products, anything. Yeah, so yeah, tell course. me about that. <laughs> 
I think it's really interesting and that's also the evolution of LinkedIn because five years ago or even like earlier, you would treat it as like your CV. So that would make sense to just share your experience and share what you're good at. But obviously it has changed so much as a channel. It's not anymore just a way to show your experience. It could be as a mini website. It's a way to communicate what you do. And it shouldn't be all about you, as you said. So if you want to like sell your services, you want to make sure that you don't just say, I'm doing this and this and I'm the best. I want to make sure that I have the right message to share how I can help you. So it is that shift from like sharing your experience only and highlighting that and talking all about yourself to thinking about your audience and make sure that anything that you can optimize from the headline, the about section, the featured section, anything should be about your audience and how to make sure that you really talk about what they want to hear. Nice. Okay. How to unite LinkedIn with other digital marketing channels? So tell your input about that. <laughs> I found really interesting and speaking again, a little bit of like optimization. Uh, the other day I was trying to experiment with different headlines and think what's the best way really to include like one sentence as the main point when you create content, everyone sees that. So you want to find a headline that makes sense. And I chose, for example, for me, freelance marketer, and then added what I do and how I can help others. And then when I went to search on LinkedIn, freelance marketing, then my name would show up. So it's kind of like a way of thinking of the search optimization, starting within the channel and, of course, going outside the channel on how do you want to be known? What are the things that someone would want to find you? The kind of keywords that you want to have on your profile. And going outside, of course, LinkedIn, you want to make sure you are consistent, how you talk about yourself on your website, on other channels, to make sure that if someone wants to find about you, that they find the same things. So you don't want to talk about one topic on a channel and the other will have like a completely different target audience. You want to have that consistency to make it easier for someone to discover your work. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, tell more about repurposing content. I mm. use the strategy a lot. Yeah. I have no time to create a lot of pieces of content, but I can cut. I can uh, uh, consider the audience. So tell how to do it. <laughs> I think it's really useful and it's something that really helps once you th think of your content ahead. Because if you think of that, not everyone will see your content the first time or even the second time. You just want to be creative. So let's say you wrote a blog that you were really happy about and then you want to turn it into a LinkedIn post, let's say about the latest trends on SEO. And then you got some engagement, but chances are not even half of your audience would see the post. So you don't want to miss the opportunity. If you did like a really good post, you felt that there is a lot of value you want to be creative, so you want to think, what's another spin to talk about this in another way? You don't want to just obviously copy-paste and share that again, but you might want to think of a different question to answer the topic. You might want to think of a pain point for your audience, or you could create another summary of what you're talking about and just repurpose it in a way that feels creative, but it's not about creating a completely different post from scratch. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes it also really helps me to look at the comments, whether it's about my post or others, just to get inspiration of what others are adding or what they're talking about to make sure that this could be a new opportunity to like find another spin, another angle to your content and just create more for the future. Nice, nice. Teresa, uh, let's talk about patience. Uh, I remember mm. when I watched interview with Mr. Beast uh, mm. and yeah, he spent like 18 months to get first thousand subscribers. 18 months yeah. without results. <laughs> so, but he didn't give up. And today, everyone knows Mr. Beast, 200 million subscribers yeah. on YouTube. Uh, he uh, got a lot of uh, 
followers on TikTok. I think everywhere. He's so yeah. good. But uh, what I like in him that he didn't give up uh, when he got low engagement. According to data, most uh, people give up because they don't see results. Yeah. I have no idea how to do it in the first attempt, even a hundred attempts. And Mr. Beast, by the way, I said about that, you need to film a hundred bad videos, you know, just to acquire experience. If you acquire experience, you can think how to improve the process. Mm -hmm. So tell about patience, you know, because I see when people post content with, with no likes, no comments, no views, mm -hmm. nothing, uh, but how to stick with that, to test, to go ahead and believe that you will achieve results in the end. <laughs> I think it's really important having the patience and also the consistency to continue what you're doing. It's like starting a business from scratch. You have a new website, you want some time for people to find out who you are. But if, if you believe that you have the expertise, uh, you know your audience or you want to experiment with understanding your audience and how you can support them, then you should also be aware that it needs some time. And there are many iterations, tests, things that you want to explore until you find out you're in a stage that you really speak the right way and you have the engagement that you want. But obviously with social media and the need to like get instant engagement, traction, go viral and anything, you always expect something to work out overnight. But of course, you really need to put the work and try different ideas until you find what works best for your audience. And I imagine mm -hmm. that will be annoying, you know, when you no, get no engagement for weeks, months, it's easy to just feel that it doesn't work for me. It doesn't make sense to really yeah. like, continue in that stage. I, I know some people can't get engagement for six months. Mm. Yeah, almost, yeah. Almost nothing, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, like random likes, comments, nothing special. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, and uh, okay. if some content creators believe that content is quality stand out from the rest uh mm. they spend time to craft this content uh to bring something new valuable better content than existing content but they can't win engagement so can you advise what to do how to uh invite people to check your content mm. i think it's a really good point and it's also linked to experimenting with the content you create because it's easy to feel that just because I'm creating content and I really enjoy it, that it should get a lot of engagement. But that might mean that it's a different angle, it's a different language from how you want to talk to your target audience. And it might be the way that you talk about that. It could be just the way that you're too much in your head and you're thinking about yourself. But you really need to stop for a second and just think like your audience. What are the pain points? What are the challenges? What's the content that they would enjoy from you? Or what's the type of content that they know from you if you're already like engaging with someone? So you always need to step outside of what you're used to doing and like how you think about yourself. And it might be useful sometimes just to ask your friends, someone else who might see the content from like a fresh pair of eyes, just to ask what do they understand? What do they get out of it? What do they want to see more? And have that kind of like mini market research feedback approach to understand and try in different ways to see what works best for you. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, how to engage with others? Because we share a lot about how mm. to post content, how yes. to create post content. But what about uh, engaging with other posts, uh, other content and connect with people who might be mm. to create these beneficial solutions for both sides? 
So engagement is really important, obviously. And going back into thinking that LinkedIn is about connecting with others and networking, but it has to be authentic. Obviously, we hear lately a lot of conversations about AI and using bots to add comments and just like, you know, to boost the engagement, which it might work like for a specific period, but it's not the kind of authenticity and engagement that you want in the end, because you want to use the channel in a way that you start connecting with people. Uh, it might be an opportunity to meet someone who might help you in the future. It might be a partnership, a collaboration. It could be like someone who's already established and can help you with the content. So you really want to treat that as part of networking and understanding how you can connect with others. So it's usually for me, for example, I'm responding to a post that I feel that it's actually interesting and I have something to share. So it's not just being strategic and going to the post that you feel that you might be noticed. You also want to have that authentic connection and start a conversation with those who are interesting or relevant to you. Mm -hmm. uh, Teresa, uh, I posted some viral content uh, mm -hmm. from my experience and I got like uh, 300,000 uh, uh, views, uh, a lot of comments, but uh, I can't say that I got sales with such mm -hmm. posts. And for me, it's important to sell my products as well so if i get uh one like one comment and can yeah. sell my products it's much better than if yeah, i get course, million views so tell how to cover your sales funnel okay uh, i can post content but mm. i want to submit call, call to action do i need to submit call to action to all posts or if i can how to do it right I think that's a really good point. Obviously, we talked about engagement, which is always good. But sometimes when you think of the sales funnel in your business, engagement and likes mean nothing if you don't get something practical out of it. So it's better, as you said, to have 10 likes in a post, but get a message from one of them to say, oh, I'd like to have a chat about your services. I, see, I think you're great. Rather than having, as you said, 100,000 views that don't really mean anything. It's just a broader audience. So it goes back into what you want. If you want to use LinkedIn just to expand your brand and your presence in a wider audience, then engagement is great and like the reach of the post. But if you want to treat it as part of your business and connect with others, ideally in a way to like have some sort of collaboration, partnership or like connection, then you want to treat it as your sales funnel and add that to the content strategy. So when you're thinking of the content, you want to be a little bit more strategic. You want to find a way to communicate your value, your expertise. And obviously you don't want to sell on every single post. Uh, for example, I'm trying not to have a call to action on every single post because I want to make sure that there is that authenticity when you add the value, when you share a post, that it's not always about you saying, I do this and this and this all the time. So it feels like more valuable when you do that in moments that matter more rather than doing it on every single post because people can see behind that. So it's again thinking, how would someone else think about that? Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about consistency i think mm. consistency works for all social media you need to yeah, be consistent. yeah of course yeah and you can acquire experience with consistency even if you can't get results you need to be consistent to learn how yeah. to get the results so uh, but i see when content creators misunderstand consistency and uh, can confuse with frequency so mm, tell yeah. What it means consistency frequency and uh, reply to this broad question uh, of course you can reply it depends but uh, anyway i get this question how often to pause how of course, of uh, course. yeah so your yeah, tips yeah. about that it's usually the first question you get about any social channel and i don't think there is the perfect answer like i used to think that linkedin is probably best to post let's say once or twice a week because the posts last quite a while on the feed 
So if I still see engagement two, three days after, I don't feel necessary that I want to create a new post because they can overlap in the algorithm and the feed. But at the same time, I also keep hearing about more creators that it's best to share more frequently content because you have more opportunities to show up on the feed. And it's something that I want to experiment with. It doesn't mean that you want to create every single day. And I agree, it's what you said. Consistently doesn't mean uh, the frequency of posting. It doesn't equal uh, the quantity in terms of like creating posts all the time. You want to make sure that you find a balance to the kind of content, first of all, to the commitment from your end. How often can you create good content? But also to what works in terms of like staying relevant and consistent. So it's better to post two, three times a week if you want to be more serious about it, or even once a week, but it's making sure that it's good content rather than just sharing every single day and just for the sake of you know sharing a link that you read and not getting any engagement. So you want to think what's the right balance for you. There's no perfect answer in terms of like, this is the number of times you should do it every week, every month, but you want to find what works best for you and also experiment. If you share more posts in a week, how does that uh, translate into like engagement or how is the reach affected? Because it's not just engagement, it's the number of times someone sees your content on their feed. Yeah, nice, nice. Love it, love it. Uh, <laughs> okay, if we need to be consistent, uh, and for me, it's important to improve results step by step. And um, I remember this great book, Atomic Habits. And mm, yeah, the author, yeah. yeah, the author of this book explains why people give up because they can't see results. So you can get slight results, uh, but you need to go ahead and you can feel these results like in months, even years yeah. now of working hard. So tell your methods how to improve step by step. Okay, if we can't feel it, if it takes time, but we need to be consistent to keep going ahead. So tell how you analyze previous results and think how to improve future results. Yeah. So for example, if I want to work with someone to help them with their LinkedIn content strategy, usually it could be like a founder, someone who feels like they already have experience, but they don't necessarily have enough time or expertise on using LinkedIn more consistently. So you start with understanding what you're good at, what's your expertise, what do you want to write about? This is part of the planning. Then you want to think your target audience. Who do you want to talk to? It's different who do you want to talk to but with those who already follow you. It might not always be the same. You might uh, have a job in the past where you work on something different or like change industry. So you want to make sure when you start being more strategic that you also have the target audience in mind. And then you want to think of objectives is what we're saying. Do you want to get more sales? Do you want to expand your brand? Do you want to find a new job? So obviously based on the objectives, this is the kind of content you want to create. So in order to have that plan in mind, you want to answer these questions. So having that in mind at the start, it helps you to know that even if I'm like in two, three months in and I still don't get the traction that I would like to have, it's a journey and I want to make sure that I go from one stage to the other until I'm ready to sell or promote even more my business or like get into the call to action that I have in mind. So having that roadmap in mind, it helps you to understand that it's a journey like having a new business, a new channel that you want to grow and you need to go from one step to the other. Mm -hmm. uh, Teresa, I want to ask how you learn your audience because you mentioned many times you need to mm. understand the audience, you need to learn your audience. Tell how you collect data about your audience to satisfy their intent. So the very simple way, obviously, you can go into like analyzing what works for your post is just explore on your own. You can create different content. 
you can try with different way of communicating something. So if you're talking, for example, to someone who is new to marketing and someone who's like the CMO, there might be a different kind of like level of how you want to communicate. Or if you're talking to someone, for example, for me, if I want to talk to someone who's like the founder and they want support with one specific aspect of their business, it's different with someone who might want to collaborate with you for a guest blog opportunity. So you want to think again, what are the kind of posts that the audience I have in mind would be more interested? Or if I want to apply for a job, what are the kind of posts that they would want to see and feel that it's relevant? So that's pretty much like the practical way of experimenting and understanding your audience without necessarily obviously going into the advertising route or like exploring even further. It's more like test and learn. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, you can't learn from books, guides, uh, yeah, podcasts exactly. like this. You need to practice. Uh, and uh, I sometimes uh, skip learning uh because i have no time to learn yeah, everything we're impatient we want to like get it right from the beginning yeah for me it's more important to practice to act uh to test things uh and uh, um, i see great experts usually don't read a yeah. lot of guides books courses <laughs> they usually <laughs> test and act and they get great results uh because of acting so i recommend to anyone just act as teresa said to us yeah. and um, let's talk about mistakes i i made a lot of mistakes i keep doing mm, them okay. and uh, i think you can't achieve results without doing mistakes especially if you start from scratch you need yeah. to make a lot of mistakes but it's important it's not mis i can't say mistakes are mistakes it's learning you know you can learn from them so, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so tell, tell mistakes that we can avoid. For example, okay, I need to do mistakes. I can learn from them. But if you can list mistakes that we can avoid, it will be great. <laughs> I think it's what you said earlier. It's definitely good when you think of LinkedIn uh, to not just talk about yourself. So just because you want to sell a service or promote something specific, it doesn't mean that it should be all about you. At the end of the day, it's not you who would be the target audience. You want to think, what would someone be interested in? How can you talk in their own language? How can you help them? Uh, I can help you solve this and this, and this is the kind of language that makes sense for someone. They don't want to know how good you are. They want to see that in practical ways. So it's probably the first thing I would say for someone on LinkedIn. Try and forget that it's all about you and make it about those that you want to reach out to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, love it, love it. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Teresa, I want I want to speak about you. Um, you know, uh, we work in uh, marketing, and marketing is a quickly changing world. Many things are uh, going on fast. You know, uh, technologies are growing fast, and uh, for example, even AI today almost. I can't say everyone, but almost everyone uh, can use AI. Yeah. It's not yeah, yeah. The, yeah, it's not the same like with other niches. For example, in accounting, I spoke with my brothers. They have good salary. Everything looks fine, but they don't use AI. They don't mm. know how to use AI. And according to data, 25% of all occupations adapted to AI. In marketing, 100%. Okay, mm, yes. let's imagine 99.99% .99 adapted to AI. So uh, I want to ask you, how you adapted to AI and how you are going to, I don't know, like to increase your uh, resources and time with AI. 
I think the most important thing, especially as you said, for marketers, you really need to understand the different ways of making the most of your work and like being efficient. Uh, I spent more time on training and like reading things because things change so quickly. Obviously, nobody's an expert. You can't really catch up. But it's really important to be able to have an understanding because that's the best way to think of the right tools afterwards. So I spent a lot of time on ChatGPT just trying to understand on my own on the kind of prompts that would make sense on how to save time. I use it mostly for brainstorming. And when you have like notes from calls or like thoughts you have, like just organizing them more. So you have like that thought assistant who helps you like create things that would take a lot of time and taking the manual aspect out of it. But also it's about like just understanding the different ways it can also help you in the future. So for example, I might just input like all the data from like my LinkedIn post the last two months and try to get some insights out of it. So all the things that could be manual and it's really about just exploring use cases on your own because there are so many use cases that we feel like we don't have enough like ideas as long as you actually try that you can just explore it on your own what works best. And obviously we're only at the start which is like a long way to go yet. Yeah, nice, nice. And uh, Dresden, uh, let's imagine I want to cooperate with you. I want to mm. get your services. Yes. But I want to be honest, Emilia and other freelancers, course, uh, yeah. marketers, agencies. So can you tell what is your strong side? Why you are better than others today? I think I would say it's probably the mix, uh, starting with an editorial background and jumping into social media and marketing. It's really understanding the mix between content and marketing. You want good content. You want to create a copy that makes sense. But at the same time, you also need to be good at marketing and selling it. So having that overlap, especially on social media, when you understand how its channel works, it helps you have that strategic thinking, but also the practical understanding on how you can make it work for yourself. So you, you can help to craft this content and create the strategy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So both content strategy, we can have the conversation in terms of like the narrows of like specific things that you want to focus on themes and objectives for the year, for the month, for the quarter. But at the same time, also practically helping if you feel that you're busy creating the content, like with ghostwriting and thought leadership for LinkedIn, for example, being that strategic support that's also like practical for implementation. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell how you find writers or authors who can help to create high quality content. Uh, and let me explain why I'm asking about that, because many years ago, like mm. in 2008, I hired a team of writers who wrote about anything, weight loss, I don't know, how to learn French, how to play guitar, anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Google ran well, uh, but today Google fired all this team. Okay, I did it, I did it, but Google helped mm -hmm. me to fire these people. But uh, today I search for experts. And yeah. I usually, yeah, I, I usually, I usually uh, start myself. For example, I got 16K for um, uh, consulting services about online games. What I started, I started to play this game. Yeah, <laughs> now, yeah, yeah. I want to understand why people are playing these games. And when my son saw that I am playing games, he told me, you lied. You told <laughs> that hey, you read only books. You never play online <laughs> games. But I replied, you know, I got money for that to play these games. What? No, no, <laughs> I play a lot more than you, but nobody pays me. <laughs> why <laughs> someone it can pay you, you know? <laughs> uh, you're not experienced like me, you can't be, uh, because I can learn, you know, it's part of the process. When I uh, started to help in trading, investing mm. niche, uh, I trade, 
I trade, I even uh, lost uh, 11k, you know, to learn how it works, you know, because uh, I I won in the beginning 5k, then I lost 16k, and but I learned the process, you know, that that's okay, you know, to lose money to learn how it works, and I think it's important to understand the product. It's important to cooperate with writers who can yeah. craft the content. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I usually search for uh, experienced people who can do it. So tell your thoughts about that. How you find someone who can help to create this content? So I think it's really important what you said, uh, having the expertise, especially if you want to go niche in specific areas and industries, to make sure that someone really understands that because it's easier to tell with the experience if you're focusing in one area or if you've done it before, that it's easier to communicate what you want to do. So it could be part of like uh, different Slack communities of like uh, writers and marketers that I'm part of. I also use LinkedIn if I feel that I want to connect with others and just usually trying to be proactive before you want to write for the person. So who's in my network that could be useful or who's the right person to ask that they can recommend to the right people. So again, going back into like using the channel as a way to connect with others and think of the network that you can build also for future needs, anything that you might want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, uh, it's not simple to find. Mm-hmm. Great yeah, experts. of course, of course. It, it takes time. And uh, for example, uh, I found uh, writers for investing trading niches. Uh, I spent like 16 months mm. uh, Yeah, to find great people. Uh, it's not like uh, I found them after 16 months. Uh, someone I, uh, I found uh, after three months then I found another one, but it takes time to find great yeah. people. Yeah, it's not like, yeah, it's not like to go to Upwork, join and find yeah, yeah, of course, uh, of course. 100 yeah. people for a few it's minutes. That approach, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Teresa, I have the question about your experience. I It's my common question. I often mm. ask all speakers on my podcast because uh, I found that I have students who are learning from scratch, who mm. are looking yeah. for ways how to learn from scratch. And I have business owners, founders who want to get the basic before cooperating with experts. And mm. I found it works well. If you don't know how it works, it's tough to, uh, to yeah, of course. Uh, achieve of course. great yeah. results from experts. Yeah. And I was on the same boat. I usually try myself everything. Even if I'm not going to jump on that, I can learn to figure out how to find experts who can help me because we can speak in one language. And mm. when I started PR, I failed. I failed with all my press releases. Yeah. I wrote a bunch of them. I failed with pitching, but I learned how it works. Yeah, of course. Then, of course. Yeah, then we uh, fi- uh, found specialists who can write press releases. We found specialists who can pitch them. And we got mentions, investing.com, mm-hmm. CNN. Bloomberg, uh, Dow Jones, many, many big websites because of failing before. So yeah, I want to yeah. ask you if you need to get the basic about LinkedIn, about modern marketing, what will you do if you started from scratch? So I think it's a combination of learning. So I always try to look at courses, but not in the traditional way, something that feels boring and looking at the things that everyone is talking about. It could be directly from a creator, someone who has done it and they want to share a more specific way of how it works. It's usually following people that I feel that what they're writing is interesting. So LinkedIn, again, really helps, not just about the channel on its own, but learning lately. I feel like I'm learning many things. Uh, And just really, uh, I start with Google searching, really, if I feel like I want to read specific websites or like kind of content that I feel like it would help me. And at the end of the day, it's what you said, like you can do some training and read some theory, 
but it's really about practice and making sure that you try it on your own to understand what you feel more comfortable and what are the gaps that you want to find more specific answers really. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. And I have my final question, you ready? <laughs> About this question, <laughs> I wanna ask you: Take your crystal ball and mm. let us know what kind of future will be in LinkedIn. Because today, Ooh, a b yeah, a billion people are on LinkedIn. A billion people, a lot of people. Crazy, yeah, yeah. But things are changing fast. For example, Facebook uh, acquired a big audience, then to mm. change algorithms, and today it's tough for brands. To get this uh, organic reach engagement, you need to yeah, pay yeah, yeah. for this <laughs> marketing. So, uh, tell your thoughts about LinkedIn future and how we can adapt to uh, to this possible future. I think what's really interesting with LinkedIn, and we wouldn't necessarily predict that five years ago, is that it seems to be on a good path right now, and it's definitely going to be important in 2014. Yeah, 2024, 2014, it feels like mm -hmm. a little bit behind. <laughs> and yeah, it feels like it's probably going to be one of the most discussed social channels, especially for organic marketing. And we also see a boost of creator-led content and thought leadership. So it's not just about anymore thinking as a brand, I want to focus on my company page, and this is where I'll get the content. You want to maximize your network and your connections and tap into the trust of having that authentic relationship, whether it's like your founders, whether it's someone who's like more established and has a credibility in your network. So you want to tap into that employee advocacy and make it more authentic. So there's an interesting uh, shift pretty much from only for a job seeking platform that used to be for years to a more creator led and thought leadership uh, marketing and collaborations. So it's definitely going to be a channel that has more interest. And it's not just for B2B. I, I'm seeing more companies really also on B2C that spend more time because they understand that if it gets good organic reach and engagement for me, then that's where I also should be. And yeah, it's definitely something to look at. And it's good to see how like, even like with uh, engagement benchmarks and things, how it's really like on the top channels for all the different industries. So it's usually Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok, depending on the industry and where you are, these are the channels in terms of organic really. Awesome, awesome. Love it, love it, Teresa. It's a big pleasure <laughs> to get on my show. Thanks a lot for sharing all these valuable so bombs. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you know how to share valuable insights. Tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Well, I'm talking about LinkedIn, so I guess I should mention that you can connect <laughs> with me on LinkedIn. And yeah, I still have a presence on Twitter, X, but I wouldn't say I'm really active. So it's probably LinkedIn to get people to. Uh, you know, Elon Musk uh, is That's a whole hard. other story. Yeah. Yeah. He, he can <laughs> break any card, you know. So you, you are still there because Elon Musk needs more time. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I hope everything will be fine, including Elon Musk. He is great to change this world, uh, but uh, probably he's not good on uh, social media. I don't know. But we, we'll see. I don't know. We'll I see. hope. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter, you know, Elon Musk or someone else, all social media uh, exists to uh, earn money, to get yeah. revenue. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. They, they can change the strategy, they can change all grips, you can lose it, but uh, it doesn't matter what's going on in the future, you need to switch attention yeah. where attention is going. Uh, so if uh, it will be virtual reality, augmented reality, mm -hmm. uh, chatbots it doesn't matter uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. if you have experience to create high quality content 
on LinkedIn, on uh, other social media, you will so be always great. good value. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, you have this experience to adapt to any other channel. Teresa, yeah, thanks exactly. a lot. A big pleasure. Much. Really enjoy that. Yeah, guys, if you want to mm -hmm. connect and follow Teresa, you can find the link in the description below. Uh, I follow, I recommend to anyone to follow too because mm -hmm. you can see a lot more value. Okay, guys, love you. See you. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.